to Affirming Truths. I'm your friend and host, Carla Arges. This show is a safe place to share our struggles, grow in faith, and root our identity in Christ. My hope is that you will leave each episode feeling encouraged in your journey. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review. I am so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey friends, it's Carla here. So I have had a few big mum moments. I can't say that word, mum moments, um, over the last couple of months. Really, as my son is becoming a teenager and we're entering this new realm with new hormones, he's going off to high school next year. And it's so important to really have him grounded in the word. And I had some conversations with some women in my Bible study group who have children a little bit younger than my own, and really talking about raising godly children. And I think sometimes we don't know exactly what that means or how to do it. So I want to take an episode and just really share my heart on parenting for Christ, which is kind of what I call it. We're parenting for the kingdom because it's not automatic. You know, parenting in general does not come with a manual, right? You figure it out as you go. It's not automatic to necessarily parent like Christ because we're still in the process of being made like Christ. But there's a few things that, if we're mindful of, can go a long way in pointing our kids to Jesus. I think first we have to recognize a few things. And number one is that we are sinners in need of Savior. Us parents, us moms, we are sinners in need of a Savior. First and foremost, we have to remember that. And to piggyback that, we have to also recognize that we are not our kids saviors. Our kids are sinners in need of a savior. And we cannot, thank goodness, fulfill that role. I think that we also have to recognize that we carry our experiences into the next generation. So our childhood experiences get carried over into the way that we parent which if you've had some really great experiencing experiences and some great modeling, that's a wonderful gift. You are ahead of the game. But if those experiences weren't good, like I have shared that I have some not great experiences, we are responsible to do the work in recovering from those experiences in healing from those experiences so we don't pass them on to the next generation. Some other things we need to recognize is that kids, especially teens, are not just mini adults. Their brains are not fully developed. So we have to make sure that we have expectations that are appropriate for their level of development. And I know, especially with teens, it's hard to remember that they're not just mini adults because in some instances they seem like grownups and then they seem like kids and it's hard to figure out. We have to remember they don't have a fully developed brain yet. 
And so we need to have grace in how we approach them. And the other thing is that we have to choose to reflect Christ to our kids. We are the model, even before the Bible is, even before Jesus is, even before their brains can comprehend the conception, the concept of Jesus and before the Bible stories become more than just stories, we are the model. How are we living? How are we pointing to Jesus in our life? And then we have to know that despite everything going against us, our sin, our failures, our past experiences, God chose us uniquely to parent the children we have. It's not a mistake that Caleb was born to me. God divinely orchestrated Caleb to be my son and for me to be his mother. And the same is true for you, mama. And then let's not forget that we are stewards of their lives. And we have an obligation to our heavenly father to steward it well. Yes, our kids are gifts, but we do not have ownership over them. They're Christ's. And we have to remember that. Oh, it's hard. It's hard being a parent. But we have to approach it with a willingness to be humble. You know, some things that I've learned in parenting Caleb and doing the healing work of myself and what I missed out on as a kid is I think sometimes we want to shelter our kids, right? And we want to come across as having it all together. We think that we build trust and respect by being perfect and towing the line and never doing a mistake. And I think that for so many, that sets up unrealistic expectations for our kids. We are fallible. We have to be willing to be humble. We have to be willing to apologize to our kids. We have to be willing to say, I messed up. We have to be willing to showcase our flaws. And this is so true when it comes to the Christian walk. I was raised with a lot of legalism and a lot of not seeing um, my parents' imperfections, not getting apologies from my parents, not not, not realizing their mistakes. And it made it very hard for me as a Christian who would sometimes go through periods of doubt and periods of worry and periods of fear to understand that that is actually a, a natural part of the Christian experience. It wasn't anything wrong with my faith. My faith was being worked out in me. And I think that it's important for us to show our kids, as is age appropriate as always, the fact that we too wrestle sometimes in our faith, but ultimately we do that wrestling in the protection and peace of God that we don't wrestle away with God. We don't wrestle away from him. We take our hurts and our burdens and our questions to God. And we let the Holy Spirit reveal himself to us. I think we need to demonstrate that to our kids. 
You know, I recently um, moved Caleb out of a Christian school into the public school system. And I got to tell you, I was a little bit scared. You know, he was very sheltered in the Christian school. Um, and I was scared going into the public school about what influences would be on him and, you know, what education he was going to get, particularly in the area of sexuality. And he came home um, in grade seven wrestling with some of the things that were being taught on gender and all of that in the school and wrestling with, you know, his preconceived ideas of what, you know, God's position would be, you know, really seeing God as an angry God. And we had some of the best conversations and I didn't shut Caleb down out of fear um, and just say, oh, it's a sin. And this is not what God wants. We opened it up to bigger conversation. Like what is sin exactly? How does, how, how is it true that we're all sinners and what are the different ways that sin looks like in our life? We talked about what is the enemy's agenda? The enemy's agenda is to keep us from God. And he uses tactics that are attractive to us, right? Like we wouldn't disregard God to go to something more painful. The enemy dresses it up as something good. The enemy dresses it up as, you know, run after your own happiness, you know, do what feels good. And we had big conversations about that. And it was so good to see him wrestle with his faith. I think sometimes as parents, we fear that when instead we should engage in that conversation and help them wrestle through it. Ultimately, our kids have to make their own decision for faith. They don't inherit, inherit the kingdom from our choice. They inherit the kingdom from accepting Jesus and what he did on the cross. So ultimately, they are going to have to make their own grown-up decision to follow Jesus. And part of getting there is going to be having big questions, is going to be looking at what the world says, looking at what Jesus says, and trying to reconcile how they want to live. We can't be afraid of those big questions. We can't avoid them. We can't shut them down because they make us uncomfortable. We have to partner with our kids as they're wrestling and be that guide that continues to point them to Jesus in love and gentleness. That's such a huge thing. And I know sometimes too, I've been, you know, wary of sharing my personal experiences. I have a lot of junk in my past. But I've discovered that in being open about my bad choices, again, the preface here is age appropriate. I don't verbal diarrhea on him. As God leads me, I am opening up about some of my bad choices to Caleb and opening up how good God was to rescue me from them, but also being real about the long-term consequences some of these decisions I've made had. I made choices in my youth that to this day, 
I'm struggling through. And it would be such a disservice to Caleb to not share that experience with him. So I want to encourage you, if you have a past that you're afraid of your kids finding out, that may be some of the most realist conversations that you could have with them and sharing your heart and sharing how God has transformed your life and sharing the goodness of God and also some of the long-term consequences that still exist with it. Now, I am very much about gentle parenting and that's not always big in the Christian community. I grew up in a Christian community where it was about train your child, but with the wrong view of what that meant, in my opinion. The training I experienced when I was young and some of the training I see a lot in some Christian communities is all outward behavior. We measure our kids' faith by their outward behavior. And I got to tell you, that's so wrong. Kids will fall in line if they're afraid. Kids may fall in line if they're rewarded. But what's the heart? You see, God is after the heart. Before, before he's after behavior, he's after our heart. Because he knows only true heart transformation will bring about the right behavior for the long term with the right motives. So we need to be after our children's hearts before we're after their behavior. And that can be hard, right? We want to see our kids fall in line. We want to see them do what they're told. We want to see them, you know, get the straight A's and never get in trouble at school. We measure a lot by behavior. But I want to encourage you to measure by the heart and pay attention to the heart. Because if you get a hold of your child's heart, the behavior will eventually come. And it will come in a way that's meaningful and rooted in truth, not just performative. God's not interested in our performances. You got to get after their heart. Heart to heart conversations. Share with them what you're praying about. Share with them how God is answering your prayers. Share with them when you're sick of waiting on God, but how you're choosing to trust in him anyways. Let them see you reading the Bible. Read the Bible together. Let them see you doing the devotions. You know, there's huge statistics right now that we're seeing that the youth are falling away from the church. And I've heard lots of discussions, even in my own community, um, about, well, we need to get a youth pastor. We need to do this. We need to do this. All of the church and all, all the onus of the youth falling away from the church is being put on the youth programs. Yes. Youth programs are important, just like it's important that we're going to a church where we're fed. But can I tell you, it, my faith is not the church's responsibility. Your children's heart for God is not the church's responsibility. You are the primary influence. They have to choose 
to want to live for God, not because of the music or the games at youth group on Thursday or Friday nights. They need to choose God because of all the way you've modeled his goodness, of all the way that they have experienced his goodness through you, so that they they can say, I'm not feeling youth right now, but God is too good to walk away from. So I'm going to, instead of leave, think about how I can pour into the youth group and make it better, right? The youth group, the children's programming is not responsible for your children's faith. The church sees your kids a few hours a week. You are the primary influence. It's a big responsibility. It's a big job. But God is equipping you to do it in as much as you surrender your children and your motherhood and your ego and your anxiety and your mother comparison and your mom guilt, surrender it all to Christ. Surrender it all to Christ. Are you more concerned with your children's heart or the appearance of their behavior? This was a big one for me. I remember one time when Caleb was really little and he seemed to be going through some tough behaviors. And I felt like I was at my wit's end in trying to change these behaviors. And I went to the church during the week, it was open. And I sat in the dark pew and I cried and I said, God, I don't know what to do. God, if you were a parent, how would you handle this situation? I stupidly asked that question. And he so gently said to me, I am a parent. How do I handle you? And oh, I felt so convicted in that moment. Because when God handles me, he handles me with care. When God handles me, he handles me wanting my heart. When God handles me, he's looking on the inside. And that made me realize that I had to be heart focused in my parenting. I had to be heart focused. How's my son's heart? How am I demonstrating the heart for Jesus? How am I modeling Christ's parenting? That was a big turning point for me. And I don't want you to be discouraged right now, mama, if you're feeling like, oh, I've blown it. I'm so quick to anger. I have no patience. I just can't take it anymore. It's not too late. It's never too late to change course. Take a deep breath. Look at yourself. Why are you quick to anger? What past experiences are you bringing into the here and now that need to be healed and released? What expectations do you have that are maybe not realistic? Who are you comparing your family to? Each child is unique and you are unique as a mother. 
are you surrendering your kids in your parenting to Christ daily? Are you asking God to love your kids through you? Are you asking God to give you heart and eyes for your kids the way that Christ has heart and eyes for them? Are you feeding your spirit and your soul? Are you getting into the word? Are you getting into devotions? Are you refreshing yourself with Christ daily? And do an honest audit of those things. If you're lacking patience, again, do you have the right expectation? Are you giving enough time for your child to transition to activities? Are you giving enough warning so that they are able to set up their brain to understand changes coming? Are you majoring in the minors? I remember when Caleb was young, Carrie very much was appearance-based in terms of how he dressed and all of that. And he just loved hanging out in pajamas. This was before he was school-aged. And Terry's like, can you please put real clothes on him? And it would get him, Terry, frustrated. And we had to have a conversation and say, is, is you're wanting him to look a certain way more important than his comfort that allows him to show up? and experience life to the fullest? Does my idea of what proper is getting in the way of his individuality and the uniqueness that God made him? So don't major in the minors. If it's not a character issue, give it some grace. Anyhow, there is an affirming truth here. And the affirming truth is I am chosen and equipped by God in the raising of my children. Yes, you are, Mama. And we read in Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, this isn't necessarily a promise, but it is a wisdom from the Proverbs that if we train our children, and when I say train, I'm not talking about performative behavioral acts. I'm talking about training a heart to love Jesus and they will not depart from it. We need to be gentle. We need to be loving. We need to throw out the idea of spare the rod and spoil the child. I know the rod of discipline is mentioned in the Bible. And I think for the longest time, that scripture has been used to bring harshness to our kids rather than view the rod in the way it is lovingly used by a shepherd guiding his sheep on the path to take, guiding the sheep to avoid dangers. You got this mama and God's got you. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining me today. I hope we're already friends on social media, but if we're not, come find me on Instagram at Carla Arges or at Affirming Truth. Can't wait to see you back here next week. 
Bye, friends.